listening to Historically Present. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Historically Present podcast. My name is Peter. And my name is Serge. And you're listening to the, the podcast where we talk about the intersection of the past, the present, and how that will all impact the future. So, here we are. Here we are. About a uh, a little... A, we are going about a month at a time yeah. here. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of by design, I would say, right? It's kind of by design. We we purposely... I would say we purposely did that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, the information just changes so fast and we wanted to gather everything, I guess, and then present to you and 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 some stuff moves pretty quickly other stuff moves more slowly and we kind of get to experience all that so how to say this we some of you wish we would publish more often okay (laughs) all right but i'm gonna say this much we would rather have you wishing you we publish more often than the other way around (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh yeah well, first of all, we probably should just quick a quick shout out here. Uh, for those of you who are listening to the first time, thank you so much for taking time to listen to this. We do hope that you enjoy um, Serge and I's approach. We have a good conversation about kind of the snapshots in time, hence the name Historically Present. Yeah. Uh, you can listen to any of our previous episodes. They only get longer. Uh, actually, if you worked back from now, they'll get shorter probably. Yeah. <laughs> <but laughs> um, but yeah, we've we've kind of come to the point where it's not to say that we won't maybe do more episodes more often potentially, but the there is something nice where we're actually able to take a long time to talk yeah. about things. That's what it's missing, I think, is isn't today's today's society is like the nuance, right? It's like yeah. it's like stopping to actually discuss the whole issue. You know, you can cover multiple sides of it. Right. And then you can make up your own decision on it. And that's sort sort of what we try to do here, I think. Yes. Yeah. So we we di- we'll we'll admit our biases. I mm-hmm. at least I think we will, right? Try to try to okay, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, try to give you um, information and try to play devil's advocate sometimes. Yeah. Here, so yeah. All right. So the things that we wish to talk about today, um, we are definitely going to do start off this time actually with the Ukraine update. Yeah, uh, I think last time we started with AI update. We're going to leave that a little later in the show. Is that correct? Is yeah, that yeah. Okay. There's a lot of a lot of big feelings about the AI stuff, so I wanted to no joke cover my word. Spend so so if you guys are really interested in AI, you might really enjoy this episode. And if you're not, you might learn a thing or two. And and uh, hopefully we can present that in a yes. fun, engaging way for for everyone involved. But but let's start with the Ukraine update. Um, to be fair, there we're sort of in this stalemate uh, mode right now. I would say um, there has not been a ton of activity on the battlefield. Um, you know, the the hot places are still Bakhmut and Vuladar, um, which again are just cities that are just being completely wiped off the face of the earth, which is incredibly sad. But um, there has been talk about those places, uh, Ukrainian military retreating from Bakhmut for probably months now, and that still has not happened. And Yeah. Yeah, there was an interesting um, meeting that President Zelensky and his advisors had where they essentially decided to stay in Bakhmut. You know, they looked at probably the, the cons and the pros uh, 
of that decision and they decided to stay in Bakhmut. And I think I, I think I see why. Uh, they are losing so many men, the Russian side. Yeah. In Bakhmut. And not only men, but equipment, shells, that this is a net positive for Ukraine in terms of strategy, right? They get to expend all this uh, Russian force equipment. More things are thrown at them. They can repel them. They still hold the ground. They take, the Ukrainian side takes losses, of course. Absolutely. They, they're not reporting it as often as, as they are on the Russian side, but I know they're taking losses. In fact, one of the, um, one of the most famous, uh, most famous soldiers in the Ukrainian army, Da Vinci's is, is his call sign. He was recently killed and that was a big, big deal. I did see the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there was a whole state funeral and, um, there were some dignitaries. I think the, the Finnish prime minister, mm. uh, she was there. And, um, so there was, so there's, there's a lot of activity still happening and, and it's all really centered around that front. But the reason why more things are not happening is because Ukraine is in mud season right now. Ground is thawing and we technically didn't really have a deep winter freeze, uh, this year or this past season in Ukraine. And so, um, whatever fighting happened, happened really without a ton of movement on either side. So I think that's one thing to to kind of watch um, as as the time progresses, as, as things dry up, we're going to see a lot more movement. And I, my prediction is we're going to have a very bloody spring and summer. And maybe an end to the war, to be honest with you. I'm hesitant on that, which I'll share my, sure. my side of some of that here later. But I, it is interesting for... I do think we should take it just a little bit more time to talk about Bakhmut. Yeah. Just from, we'll, we'll, uh, let's, let's do the historically present way here. Uh, historically, uh, the reason why I want to bring up Bakhmut is not because of the city strategically. It is kind of this, interestingly enough, uh, symbol, I feel like, for the Ukrainian people. Yeah. Um, uh, that, you know, it still holds. This was the city that the flag uh, of the fighters in Bakhmut was given to uh, Nancy Pelosi at... Uh, yeah, U.S. Congress. At, at U.S. Congress, presented to the U.S. Congress. Um, so, <laughs> in some ways, I can see politically why it might not be a good sign to have that city fall. Yeah. Um, and maybe even... Uh, at the U.S. level, uh, so so there's there's that side of things. The at the end of the day, I think Serge brings up a good point, which I you know I'm, I'll be honest. I, I feel like my my radar you know detector of like is that really true is a little bit higher right now with some of the Ukrainian can I call those people mill bloggers? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, right. absolutely. Yeah. It's on both sides, right? It's on both sides, right? Like, I'm like, I I don't know, guys. Um, but it does seem like this is a place that kind of goes... The Ukrainians do seem to be losing ground slowly over the course of time. But the 
But the cost yeah. to the Russians seems, I mean, to us, it just seems absolutely wild. Well, this, it's more, we're, I mean, that's, it's like in a week. <laughs> fine, fine. I'll give, the, I'll give the benefit of the doubt. All the metrics are inflated by 100%. It's only 50%. What? Give it, what, 25 days? You've lost more dead than yeah. our fight for the last 20 years in with terror oh i would and and that's being general that's being like yeah that's giving the the extreme benefit of the doubt extreme benefit i don't even think it's that much what were some day, wasn't there like a recent one here where they lost another one since the last time no. we talked right where they they had a coordinates of a building i want to say they almost booby trapped it but like when the when all the russians got inside of it they just blew it up yeah, um, there. So, oh my gosh, some of the some of the estimates that are floating around, which again, take it with the same grain of salt. Yeah, I here, just I'll just say, hey, just cut it in half. Just just the Battle of Bakhmut itself, right? This tiny little city that's really yeah. not strategically, or you know, as important to Ukraine as as it is for Russia. Between twenty to thirty thousand killed. Killed. <laughs> so they're doing like bonsai charges, right? They're like, like they're basically yes. um, in the middle of the night. Just they're saying, okay, wave one, uh, you go out and, and you try to attack the Ukrainians, and the Ukrainians see everything, and they're like, we we have to do our job. And then wave two comes. They take care of wave two, and then wave three comes, and it's like these are just neanderthal techniques that this is this is somebody should be sitting in many people should be sitting in prison on the russian side oh man for for what they're doing to their own people here right can you imagine if that happened if that happened here in the united states oh my god and we knew it, that people that soldiers were doing like that first of all people would be crying you need to end this thing right now yeah Secondly, if they didn't, you can guarantee the people would start like would start minimum rioting. Yeah. If not, yeah. So, but so the the thing I struggle with, and I don't know if it's still just the Russian mindset, but it's like even even. I mean, Russia is a population of less than less than what? It's about half the United States. Is that rough, right? 190 100, million? Yeah, 140, something like that. 140, yeah. between yeah. 140 and 190, right? Somewhere there. So 143 million. 143 million people, okay? We are a pop, a nation of getting close to 400, correct? Mm-hmm. Like 365, something mm-hmm. like that? Yep. Um, between, okay. And I understand it's partly the news media that we deal with. But if we lost 10,000 soldiers... In a month? Yeah. Do you think that people wouldn't be talking about it? Yeah. Oh, right? More, more than just how, talking. How can you... There, And I know this is a cultural difference. Yeah. And, and this is where I'm like, man, Zion is just must be straight on here. It's going to take 500,000 yeah. men dead before people... I'm like... 
We're approaching 200 already. Well, I know. That's where I'm like, this is going to get nutty soon here. Um, and people always say that towards the end of a war, the numbers get real nutty yeah. fast. Um, and uh, by the way, I, I, I'm going to throw devil's advocate a little later on like, don't count the Russians out on this thing. But anyways, Oh, yeah. So um, you, you never want to, right? Um, but. So, but... Uh, Honest, honest to goodness, because you can you can read, you since you know Russian and you know Ukrainian and you know all the, I mean, is anyone like even these calls are intercepting? Is anyone even talking about how, you know, like my you know neighbor? I don't know. Forgive me, Georgia. You know, or her son is dead or something. Yeah. Like, I mean. It, I just feel like these calls don't even seep through, even to our Western media. They're not quite, yeah, they're not quite as, um, they're on Twitter, they're on some other sources, they're on Telegram quite heavily, but they're not really published, um, I would say, in any sort of traditional media. So, and that's kind of the problem for both sides, I think. So, on the pro-Ukrainian side, we're not hearing about this unless you follow the the Twitter accounts or the Telegram accounts that talk, you know, that have these translated and intercepted calls, right? Okay, which talk about like the actual reality of what's happening in in some of these war war zones, right? On the Russian side, the propaganda people, <laughs> the day the the evening news, they're not talking about this at all whatsoever. And again, I want to rely on or, or or point out that there is a there's a mentality difference between the West, Western, you know, or I would even say with between Ukrainians and, and Russians. Russian mentality is, we've talked about this many times, there is a low value for life, especially during a war. Yeah. Right? The honorable, the, the glorious thing to do is to go for the fatherland and go and die for the fatherland, right? And so many... You know, I've seen some intercepted calls where, um, and and some videos that even showcase like wives and mo- mothers of these soldiers, you know, receiving like sacks of potatoes, man, like that. Like, think about that. Like that, I, I can't even process that. That 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 is so. That is so devaluing life. That that like you're treating that as a sack of potatoes. So. So here's my question. Do, do the people back in Russia, especially the rural areas, just have no idea if their son is alive or dead for the most part? I can't speak on 100% authority. I I think if there you, is... If you were a betting man. If I was a betting man, I would say that um, a lot of them know where their sons are, but they might not know... They might not know what happened to them if something bad were to happen for for a long time. So they might have, you know, contact, decent contact, but it's not going to be up to date. If your son was killed today, you find out today, that sort of thing. Um, but again, even if he's killed, the the culture celebrates and honors that. that. That is a sacrifice that you made for the fatherland, for the homeland, Right. And so that's where, that's where you get these these stories of of you know these these wives and mothers looking very proud and very, you know heroically receiving posthumous awards for their sons because that's just what you do. 
That's what you do in that society. It's it, it's hard it's hard to explain unless unless you've kind of been in in that world, you know. And so what, understand. So what does a mother do who had the son who fled because he wanted to avoid the mobilization, and yet she had the son that yeah. died on the battlefield? That's a good question. So some people are very much like purists, so they'll be ashamed of the son that fled or the one that gave up, and others are. You know, they 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 take that the sacrifice of their other son that 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 actually died. Yeah, and they'll take that as a badge of honor. And it's it's twisted, it's it's so twisted. I, um. So so you, something you said earlier, you know, ten thousand men dying in a month. In. In the Iraq War. There was forty three hundred. Or 4,431 total deaths on the U.S. side. No, I, I, honestly, I did. I tried to do even percentage here, and listen, it's it's point zero. So I did one hundred thousand. So it's actually a little more than this. Yep. But okay, point zero zero one percent of the population of Russia, if that close to two hundred, I'll say yep. two hundred thousand. Once it reaches that, if it reaches two hundred thousand, you said one hundred forty-eight million people, right? Yep, they're dead. Yep. Um. So, um. Which I'm trying to. You know what? I, I think a better way to look at this actually is to take one hundred forty, and just make it, or one hundred forty, and just make it seventy. And I'll explain why, because it's the men. Yeah, yeah, yep, that's a good so, point. So, um, yeah, that's assuming that it's all men. Let, let's just do 50 billion, right? 50 million, that, that'll probably weed out some of the, the oh, unqualified, unqualified, too young or too old, you know. So 200,000 out of 50 million, I'm going to make sure I got the right my zeros, yeah. We're at 0. 0.004. Yeah. It's still, so, so here's the thing, Peter, I, I saw this map. And I can't find it uh, right Which, by now. the way, and I and I, I know I'm going to sound like a hawk here. Just I just want to make yeah, this yeah, quick yeah, note because yeah. I feel like we we always view things in U.S. perspective. Okay. Okay. Every every American death is interesting because I feel like we view every American death as a tragedy. Yeah, and I I don't even think that's wrong. But to put things in perspective, if you did 4,400 out of how many men, let alone the population of America, we are so many decimal points down the chain. Yeah. It, we can't even, can't even fathom, you know, so. So, so you got to look at it diff- a little bit differently. And, yeah. and actually, while you were talking, I found the map. So this is a, let me try to explain this to, to the listeners here. This is a a map that somebody created that is the dead soldiers per capita in Russia's regions after one year of war. So basically they took all the regions of Russia. So I think the the way to do it is actually by region. And then you, it's, you identify it as deaths per a hundred thousand people. Yes. Right. And so zero obviously is, is like in the map, it's a, it's a bluish color. And then it goes from blue to green to yellow to red to like a dark, dark red, almost black. Yes. 
And looking at this map is very interesting because you see a very interesting commonality here of what's actually happening. So the big thing that sticks out to you is Moscow State, Moscow Oblast is called, um, or the, the, the region that, that it's actually in. So that is all blue, meaning there are less than, you know, Moscow is 0.78 deaths per 100,000. So it's not even technically one death per 100,000 people in Moscow. Right. Now, that's a little bit skewed because Moscow is a m- massive metropolitan, so right. there's a lot more people there, right? St. Petersburg is in the green. Um, you've got other parts surrounding Moscow that are also in the blue and green. But then you start moving down a little bit. You start moving away from Moscow. And you come to place like places like Buratia, which is on the eastern side of Russia, kind of by China, Mongolia, that area, right? And there, it's just, it's nearly black. You've got 53 deaths per 100,000. Again, that doesn't seem like a lot, but per capita, that is that is a lot. So a lot of those those states, those states in, in Russia are suffering massive, massive deaths from this war. And it we've always known that this war has really been an ethnic target, right, of, of, of Russian soldiers. You can, we talked about this in one of the episodes, like if you look at the soldiers that Ukrainians caught, they're not Caucasian. They're one of the Russian minority ethnicities. And this map, you know, based on the data that, that we have, which again, <laughs> Russia, it's data, data. Right. That's a with, really good point. <laughs> they're our friends with so the data. Is, so this is Russian data? This is um, information by um, BBC and MediaZone, which is, I'm not sure what that is. Not but sure that is, okay. Inform- essentially, this is where you see the information and this is where you see all of the um, specific data for all of these. And you, and you can start painting the picture of where the mobilizations happened. You can start um, looking at and seeing like what type of soldiers are actually, you know, being sent to the front. And in a lot of these places, you know, I, I read a story, they're running out of caskets. Like, oh my gosh. Like, what the heck is happening? Like, and, and, and a lot of these places are so marginalized. They're so, you know, you think of Moscow skyscrapers, right? right? These, are, these are like backwoods, you know, they don't have indoor plumbing, that sort of a thing, right? And they don't have the agency, the autonomy to go out and, and start raising hell about this and saying, enough is enough. Our, our young boys, our men are dying. Enough is enough. And that's the, that's the hot, like, that's the most difficult thing for me to understand and to, you know, for I think a lot of Western people to understand is like, that's, that's actually what's happening right there. And, and there's no easy way out of this. It's like if you took, uh, well, I mean, from the exterior of the, um, uh, of the, uh, you know, part of the U.S. <laughs> you, try to, you try to make it into U.S. terms and it's still like hard to do because it's so foreign. Um, 
there's the uh yeah i think of i think of our uh, neighbor to the north which i'm sure some people put us on the fringe um but north dakota you know some i think there's a town oh what was the name of that town and there's a town up by north dakota that's it's it's amazing how close to canada you can get um and uh the <laughs> so it's like the majority of deaths to war that america sent over came from these outskirts yeah. rural towns that they're not worried about at all it it honestly if you look at this map and maybe we'll see if there's a way we can maybe highlight this in the show notes or something but think think hunger games yeah yeah that's actually a really good just with comparison with like what 30 look regions something like that looks like there's a there's at least 30 is that right it looks like there's at least yeah something something around that yeah something like that yeah and it's it's again it's you know the the big population centers, Moscow, St. Petersburg, are are virtually right. untouched. They're all supporting, right? The <laughs> the capital, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So, um, uh, um, so, anyways, I, I say all that to say, uh, very interesting. Okay, that's that's good. All right, so yeah. let's. Yeah, a couple of things I wanted what to here? highlight. Um, there was a you you guys have probably seen this already. There was a a video that caused just outrage, just pure outrage by many people on social media. And this was the the execution of uh, of a soldier named Alexander Matsievsky. Um, so when this happened, there was some there was some confusion on who he actually was, but then after uh, his body was brought back, they were able to verify that this isn't the name. Uh, his name is Alexander Masievsky. So this is a video where you see a guy standing um, in the frame and he's smoking. He's kind of standing sideways and the, the Russian soldiers are essentially questioning him and, and sort of, uh, talking to him and, you know, asking kind of any, any, any last words. And his last words are, Slavo glory to Ukraine. That enrages them and they just shoot him. They mow him down. And I remember seeing that video for the first time. Like, like it's so graphic. It's so gruesome to see this. But then it just it just triggered something in many people. Um, they started. There was artwork of this man. There was um, all kinds of. Zelensky spoke about it. All kinds of people were speaking about this. This, you know, pure war crime, literally. Yeah. Right. It's a war crime to execute like that, and and um, and so now this man, his his mother received a she received a posthumous award uh for for his role and um he's become sort of a folk hero now again in ukraine um tragically by his death 
right? So kind of a martyr for the cause. Yeah, kind of a martyr, folk hero, because now it's you know he he's the man that uh, you know in his last in his last second he he really he really you know shared about his love for the country. He was forty two years old, I believe. So not too far from our age, you know. Um, That's not true. <laughs> I don't want to say we're even close. What are you talking about? It's a decade away. A decade away, yeah. I wish. Um, um, yeah. So, so yeah, that was that was a tragic thing that that you might have seen, and and I think that's just another another reason or another notch in the in the long long list of war crimes. And and speaking of that, um, there was another really surprising thing that happened um, very recently here. Um. On March 17th, the International Criminal Court yeah. issued a arrest warrant for two individuals. <laughs> Might have heard of them. Uh, well, at least one of them. Mr. Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin and uh, Miss Maria Alexeyevna Lvova-Belova. So, President Putin uh, received a, a uh, arrest warrant, and so did this, uh, this Maria Belova. Who's Maria? So she is, um, she's the commissioner for children's rights in the office of the president of the Russian Federation. So she's basically responsible, and 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 the arrest warrant is war crimes due to unlawful deportation of children, specifically children. So that is what happened. She, there's actually a video where she's talking to Putin, and I think they're using that as proof or as evidence of the the initiation of the war crime where she's talking about basically taking people from Ukraine, taking kids from Ukraine, adopting them, that sort of thing, right? So again, according to international law, um, removing children from their home country in a time of war is is considered genocide or moving them to the occupier's country is considered genocide. And so um, what does this actually mean? Well, if Putin stays out of any country besides his friends, North Korea or um, Iran, Cuba, you know, some of the other, some of the friends, China, he's probably going to be safe or at least okay. Putin. Putin. Yeah. Now, if he travels to any country that has adopted the ICC, um, you know, kind of adopted that law or that statute, it is legally responsible for turning in war crimes, international war crime uh, arrests or individuals, then you actually might see an arrest. One country to look out for is South Africa. It sounds like that's a place that he's um, possibly going to, and they've adopted this this resolution from the, from the International Criminal Court. So... Um, that's one way to look at this. Another way that I that I recently heard, which which I think makes a lot of sense, is this provides pretext to whoever's next in in the Russian presidency or in the Russian leadership to, if Putin doesn't die, to arrest him and say we're following international stuff. So we there's a warrant out there. We're going to arrest him. Again, that's taking that with a grain of salt. I think it. I think there's some credibility to that. So you can he go anywhere? He can go, but he might not come back. <laughs> he, 
Especially if he, you know, flies any any friendly Western nation, which he's not going to do that, obviously, because everyone is uh, hates him and he's Russia has become a pariah. But if he goes, some of the nations have a duty and responsibility to arrest him, and so. Well, I feel like this is. Um, do we have this in here? I just want to make sure. Okay, um, maybe to do some other high level stuff because I want to get back to Putin here just quickly. Germany delivered um, 18 Leopard 2 tanks, um, four more than promised. Yeah, I, I feel like the one thing that we you put in here that we should make sure that we talk about is the MiG-29. Yeah. We just keep crossing lines, people. I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm just saying. Is there a line? We're doing here? it. Well, that's. Great that's a, question. That's a question, right? Is, is, there, is there even a line? That is, is there even a line? Yeah. Because <laughs> remember, the, the first line was do not give them any sort of uh, um, N laws or javelins. That that was the first line. Well, we this, crossed this, that very long time this ago. Is, this is leading up to uh, uh, mine, my, my couple things. So we'll yeah. Here. So just to give context, uh, Poland has decided, you know, the, the, big, the big question <laughs> in Ukraine right now or the Poland. big. Yeah, the big uh, ask is we need F-16s. We need modern fighter jets that can help us, you know, do ground support, uh, attack the enemy, that sort of thing. Well, it sounds like the U.S. is pretty reluctant on that for many reasons, which I honestly think are valid. It's not that the Ukrainians are not talented enough. It's not that they don't have the, you know, that we're afraid of they're going to steal them or something. That That's not it. Their infrastructure is workable. From reports that I that I see, you know, they can make it work, right? Because mm-hmm. you gotta. But the, the support part of it is really difficult. For every hour a F sixteen flies, there's forty hours of maintenance that has to be done on that. Please um, don't tell me that. That's true. Yeah, I got how. Well, they got to check everything. They got to do. They're not flying for. They're not like they're not necessarily flying cross country. You know, here and there, it's it's they're doing small sorties that sort of thing. But there's a lot of maintenance that has to be done, right? And imagine in Ukraine situation, they haven't built up the logistics to do that sort of maintenance. They're not using F-16s yet. They can't use them, right? Yeah. So U.S. is not going to give them. So next best thing, Migs. Migs. Poland is Ukraine's BFF right now. Um, and they have dozens and dozens. They have like 90 plus obsolete um, aircraft that are going to be retired anyways. And they're like, well, you know, we'll cross that line. <laughs> These are not modern Western fighter jets, but they are upgraded in NATO standard um, MiG-29s. So that's going to give Ukraine a, a, an edge, slight edge, but a slight edge. Uh, is 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 better than nothing, right? And Ukraine's other buddy is Slovakia, which is another really interesting. It's like the small countries are really doing some of these large steps, not taking away anything from you know U.S., Britain, and France, and the, Germany, and those those type of countries. But uh, Slovakia is also has already delivered four megs, right? And which leads me into question: Yes, the hero. Of uh, Eastern Europe, um, 
who is one beautiful man, yes, maybe slightly man crush. <laughs> Jack, <laughs> Jack, President, oh. Jack President Peter, Peter Pavel. Peter Pavel, yeah. My word, what a beautiful man. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's there's no other guys, please forgive Peter. You he's, okay. He's just yeah. You people. People. <laughs> uh he is the Eastern European brother of the uh the Dos Eques man. Let's just put it that way, in my opinion. So yeah. uh yeah. I'm gonna go back real quick before you but, go in. There. I mean, are are they gonna deliver some stuff? I mean Slovakia. Slovakia, yeah. I I think this op- this opened the possibility to a lot of these, and I actually misspoke a little bit earlier. It's not forty hours; it's seventeen hours, which is still okay. Very much. There's a lot of maintenance yeah, required, right? There, yeah. So yeah, so this opened up the door, I think, for additional countries to provide their old Soviet technology. Um, we know about the leopards. We talked about that in the last episode. So leopards are going to be ga- game changer. I think um, they have. <laughs> for an interesting reason there has been video that's been coming out of russia of oh yeah trains yeah, yeah, full yeah. of t55 tanks folks t55 yeah. the, the 55 uh, indication talks about the year it was made so these are tanks that are nearly a century old i mean not quite but they are <laughs> They're made in the 50s, in the the beginnings of the Cold War. And they're going to go up against the most modern, the most high-tech uh, Leopard 2, American Abram, Abrams wants British Challenger tanks. They're going to get eviscerated. It's not even going to be... It's not even going to be fair. They, they, they just don't even have the... The protective equipment that modern tanks, even even the, the the Russian modern tanks have now, they just those old tanks do not have that. And kind of the joke going around is, how long until we see the T thirty four or the T nineteen, which is again made in the in the year thirty four, uh, nineteen thirty four. I don't know why. <laughs> I know that's because it's just it's like what would you rather be in the T fifty five or T thirty four. I can't help it. My my part of me, the part of me, my historical part of me wants to say the T thirty four for right. sure. It's, yeah, you're a purist. Right? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, right. That defeated the Nazis, man. right? Ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, yep. the, those guys had a little, a shockingly surprising punch. I, you're right. I, I'm looking at the tank right now, the T fifty five. I mean, it just looks like a potentially sleeker T thirty four. Yeah, yeah. It's, Actually, it's, I, I'll be honest. The videos that we were looking at, I don't know how they weren't T-34s. Dude, the back end of the like the the structure, if you look at a T-34's uh, back end, mm-hmm. as far as like how, where the, obviously where the engine is mm-hmm. and how it's set up. And I know the T-55 is obviously a little update from that, but yeah. it looks it looks so shockingly similar. And and I will say this, this is one way to get rid of old stock. So I recently heard, you know, and there's a video that I could play here. I think I'm going to hold off on this one, but I'll play the other one, um, where it talks about the U.S. depleting supply of ammunition. Mm, yeah. It talked about, you know, the amount of stingers we used up. 
we were going to get rid of the stingers anyway. Right, right. Which is still wild to me that we're, Ukraine is using that technology to def- that old school technology, old school technology from the modern sense to defeat yeah. the newest Russian technology. Yeah, 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 yeah. I digress. I digress. So there's a part of me that wants to say this. This is very much the Zihan, Zihan thought process of you throw every. I mean, this is where you have to give the devil's advocate chance. Um, because at the end of the day, let's even say that the Ukrainians are just crushing the Russians all the time. Zion would say something along the lines of like they're taking out what two to three per Ukrainian mm-hmm. at least, right? Yep. He says they would need to do five times as much. Yep. So to really end the war. To right? really end the war. Uh, so there's there's that which I as much as there's a problem is like man that's really difficult. I will say if you look at wars in the past the most amount of death is like in the last six months of the war it is usually off the charts like you can't you your mind can't even like fathom how that goes so uh there's a part of me that always needs to give that thought thought process yeah okay i guess that is a t55 doesn't that look like a t34 like top right there yeah kind of does yeah okay anyways either way I, I just look at it as the concept here, right, is if you have enough population to overwhelm your enemy, like Bakhmut right now, part of my thought process on that is that the Ukrainians are like, this is just a meat grinder for the Russians. Yeah. You know, there's there's the old historical setting where the Germans were like, it's almost like the enemy calculated how many bullets we could spit out of our machine guns and decided to line up all the men and to rush the machine guns in a, you know, to overwhelm the machine guns. Like they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't keep up type scenario. And there's a part of me that feels like in their mind, they're like, we'll just keep sending stuff. Eventually you are going to run out of stuff. Yeah. Which actually is kind of a problem we are facing, right? Yes. Yes. Because Ukraine is, is they're burning, they're burning through. Oh my God. They're putting through so much ammunition. This is unprecedented in, in any sort of like modern, you know, artillery war, I would say in the last hundred years. Right. And yeah. I, I'm not a war expert, but from what we were reading online, like this, this is unsustainable. People, they're like opening up second and third, the third and fourth shifts in some of these ammunition plants because yes. they can't make them fast enough. Correct. And, and so from the Russian side, that tactic, while insanely morbid and and really dumb and stupid it is actually working it's um zion always likes to say like with the uh his uh by the way i highly recommend this episode the celtic holocaust you can still listen to it but it's talking about um the roman army underneath caesar going up against the gauls yeah he's like the, the thing you have to remember is you have to give the gauls a puncher's chance Right, like the yeah. the lucky blow that just like comes out of nowhere type scenario. I'm not saying that we're in any of those scenarios right now, but there's a part of me that feels like Russia's mindset here is like this is this is their you know this is one of their their hands. This is their haymaker, right? Yeah, yeah. They're like 
you keep coming, you keep killing us. You, we, we're getting battered up, right? It's it's a but feature, not a bug. Our right? arm of our military will keep swinging because, I mean, the classic statement, right? What do you call a demoralized, underfed, under-equipped army? Russian. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's this is a part of their cult. They're they're not expecting to be equipped well. Yeah, like I said, it's a feature of the army, right? It, it's it's right. we can throw bodies. It's not a bug that they like, haven't oh, you known have to... anything different. Correct. Correct. Yeah, Peter Zihan. If you if you guys want to dig into this man, he's got some big feelings on on the whole Ukraine yes. and Russia so, and and whatnot. So, all right. Um. Okay. Let's let's play this. So I do want to take some time and talk um, through a podcast. Uh, I've, I've mentioned this guy before. Um, even though I mentioned his name. So there's an ex-CIA guy that I've been kind of curious to hear what he has to say. He was on a podcast one time with an ex-FBI guy talking about the Ukraine-Russian war. And in this case, he's on a podcast with, I believe, Sean Ryan, excuse me, who is a former Navy SEAL and um, has some great uh, great interviews about stuff. And, of course, it's all military-based, usually in some capacity. And so it's, it's really interesting to hear different takes. And I feel like this is one of those ones where I'm trying to find the bits and pieces that I feel like are really important to play. Mm-hmm. We're going to start with this piece, and I'm doing this because I'm, I'm really curious to hear what Serge has to say about all this type of sort of th- thinks yeah. about this besides even what I think. So... All right, so this guy's name is Andrew, uh, I believe, Busta, man, Bustamante. Um, Andrew, if you listen to this, I apologize. Uh, especially being ex-CIA. I'm kind of kidding. But he's he, has, he seems like a really good guy, and he, he has a very unique perspective. And so without further ado, let's give this guy play. You're, we're going to, if you only look at it in terms of Ukraine and Russia, we end up missing the bigger picture. Because the real conflict here is a conflict between which direction the United States wants to drive the world as a potential superpower, right? If we go down, the the Biden administration and the media all try to tell us that we have to protect Ukraine, that the United States' protection of Ukraine serves this larger purpose in, in protecting democracy, and secures the long-term future of, uh, of pro-democratic countries. That's all a party line. That's, that's baloney. What the real reason the United States is involved in Ukraine is because as long as we keep a proxy war happening in a third world country like Ukraine, as long as we have that proxy war coming, we're wasting Russian resources. And as we waste and deplete Russian resources, we only have to compete against one other country in the world, China. If the war in Ukraine... Okay, Okay. some thoughts. Thoughts. <clears throat> um, I agree on his outcome, but I mm-hmm. don't agree with how he got to that outcome. Okay. So, um, uh, I'm going to... I'm going to have a hard time personally saying that it's a proxy war. Um, only because it's not just the United States... It's literally the entire world, right? Yeah. It's literally the entire world. Um, I Number two, I don't think it's a party line because there's actually bipartisan support in Congress, especially to give Ukraine 
everything it it needs. Now there's disagreement and there's we've recently seen some fracture of opinion and, and that sort of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is fine that that's understandable, but it's not it wouldn't say it's a democrat thing or a republican thing or or it's it's more it, it really is a it's 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 kind of a both-sided issues. I I personally think um this is the biggest miscalculation militarily and politically that the US had ever ever had dropped in its lap. You think so? Oh, absolutely. Wh- which direction? In a positive direction. Okay. And to his to his point to what he said here is that they're like, "Oh, we're going to give Ukraine because we get to bleed the Russians dry." Right. Now, are the Russians the people in the Kremlin, let's just, you know, say it that way maybe. Are they the number one enemy of the United States? I wouldn't say so um, before the war. But they're an enemy of democracy because if you ask any country around Russia, how do you feel about having Russia as a neighbor? How do you feel about that? Yeah, every country's been invaded. Literally every country's been invaded. Well, except for China. Um, And... Ukraine, so 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 U.S. sees this as like the biggest, but like potential windfall that they can get from like this is the cheapest way to defeat an enemy for generations, and so he's right on the fact that he says the U.S. is doing this to assert dominance and basically say that yeah, we get to defeat an enemy by providing a. You know, their country. Ukraine's not third world, by the way. It's developing. It's not France or Germany, but it's not third world. It's not third world. It's not yeah. third world either, yeah. so. Okay. Okay, keep going. Ends, Russia starts to rebuild in concert with China, and now we have two enemies without either of them depleting themselves, right? So that's one big reason why the United States likes war in Ukraine. Another reason why the United States likes war in Ukraine is because as long as we are creating weapons and sending weapons to Ukraine, we're practicing for a future global conflict that we might have to carry out against China. Agreed. It's no small feat to send tanks 7,000 miles across an ocean. It's no small feat to create ammunition loaded into C-17s and then fly them as a, a, you know, a fleet by fleet into Poland and then carry out the logistical challenges of delivering that material to the front lines. We're practicing war I mean, without fighting it. I feel like we would have that down pretty good now after 20 years of war all over the Middle East. The, pro- the difference is... We had our own bases in the Middle East. Yep. If we go to war, who's, our, who's the most likely person we're going to go to war with? China. China. China is 15,000 miles away. 15,000 miles away. Afghanistan is half that distance. Mm-hmm. And we have bases in Afghanistan. We don't have any bases in China. The nearest that we would be able to get is actually the Philippines, where we would have to have a have a presidential uh, allowance by the Filipino president to use their bases, right? And, we're, and that's happening right now. 
So we would have to borrow and coordinate diplomatically with a host nation to be able to deliver our weapons to that country, which is exactly what we're doing in Poland right now, right? They're not our bases. We're working with the Poles. So it's a, it's a different kind of beast. 7,000 miles is very different from 15,000 miles. You're talking about multiple aerial refuelings. You're talking about months on if you're delivering something by sea. You're talking about multiple stops if you're delivering something by air. Right? I mean, it would just be a quick stop in Ramstein, Germany. We, we would like to think of it. So a quick stop in Ramstein, Germany for 25 aircraft mm-hmm. to then deliver weapons into a hostile zone and in, into a non-American controlled base. Right? Okay. It's very different than what we had in the Middle East. All right. Right. And who were we combating in the Middle East? Terrorists, not organize, organized nation states and national armies. So, yeah, go ahead. So that part, I 100% with him on right? that. 100%, right. right? I would even add that this, the Ukraine war is a, is a lab to test new equipment for all kinds of armies or unproven equipment, right? So they, we've designed, let's say, a bunch of okay, a bunch of cool stuff, and we're like, this is great, this works, but then you're like, how does it actually work in battle? We don't really so, know that. So he brings up that a little bit. Yep. Okay. Never have, we never formally announce a recession. We are in a recession. Okay. I want to bring this part up specifically because we're dealing talking about recession here. Yep. You feel it. I feel it. Everybody watching us feels it. We know it. Our dollar doesn't go as far. It's hard to get people to go to work. Like, life is hard. Mm-hmm. We are in an economic recession. It's not like it was in 2010. But according to economics, as, as outlined by national institutes, we are not yet in a recession. Because their definition of recession requires two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. We're not going to have negative GDP growth. Why? Because we're funding a war in Ukraine, right? If you look at the top five military contractors out there right now, if you pull it up on your computer anytime, look at Lockheed Martin, look at Raytheon, look at uh, Boeing. There's a little comp- there's a big company that very few people know about called Lados. I'm sure you've known Lados. Just look at their stock dating back to June of last year. June of last year, when the stock market started to tank, these companies tanked along with it. And then February came along. February, the invasion started. The United States started offering military aid to Ukraine. And the stock price of those companies started going up because government spending started going into this Ukraine effort. That means the, the federal government started boosting military efforts. They started boosting humanitarian efforts, medical efforts. All of that government spending in an existing industry, the military industrial industry, actually inflated the GDP numbers for those productive segments of the society, of of the sector, those industrial segments, right? So now the United States is still suffering from a massive drop in GDP. I think our GDP last quarter was 2.8%, right? Down from like 5%. But it's being boosted because we're funding this war in Ukraine. If we gave up on the war in Ukraine, that productivity of those sectors would go down and we would actually have to announce a recession. Okay. So the Biden administration is artificially protecting us from recession by selectively funding certain segments of of our industrial base that are tied to this conflict in Europe. Okay. Don't disagree with him on a lot of that stuff here either. Um, 
I want to ask you, yes. listeners, where is that money going to, right? So we know it's going to Lockheed, General Dynamics, that sort of thing, right? It's also going to places that are there in the United States, you know, places like Scranton, Pennsylvania, Garland, Texas, Middleton, Iowa, Middletown, Iowa. These are some of the places that we actually manufacture um, a lot of these artillery shells. So a lot of people get angry and they're like, yeah, we're sending too much money. It's going all going overseas and Zelensky's a crook and all that stuff. No, no, no. <laughs> we don't understand how the, the, this, this thing works. We're, we're paying ourselves first. We always pay ourselves first, right? Yes. <laughs> we're paying ourselves always first, our own people. And the stuff that we're sending over, it's, it's highly, highly tracked. I, I disagree with his earlier comment where he said, you know, things are getting sold in the black market. There may have been some of that, but by far and large, that is not happening. There are, the the Ukrainian government has even said that they have liaisons that can basically request to go see any piece of equipment and the army has to take them there. So they say, I want to see the HIMARS 18 fly out there and they can right. go inspect high mars number well, 18 i i did right? I, mean, I did find it interesting you were talking about the delivery of tanks right yeah. I, I think we, we could just simply say the delivery of the high mars yeah i think those things are bigger than tanks aren't they well uh yeah yeah the system yeah yep right so but all of it is is just large right there's we we, we see just the tank itself but there's a bunch of stuff that gets delivered in addition to that all the you know additional stuff, the, the equipment to, to manage it, to maintain it, that sort of thing. And so, um, but yeah, that was, that was a very interesting point. And, uh, you know, I think, again, I think Ukraine, uh, the U S is like, this is the best deal ever, ever that's been dropped on our lap to remove a, a very hostile enemy. Let's just be real. Um, that if left unchecked, is going to bully the next state, the next neighbor over, all without sacrificing one American life. We don't hear about that, right? That's that's something that's um, doesn't get spoken about too much, but that's exactly no. what's happening, right? It, we're not. There's no Americans dying. This is highly motivated Ukrainians that want to take back their country, and we're giving them equipment to do that while paying ourselves first. I mean, <laughs> I, I just don't know how else to paint. Like this is an incredible deal for the United States and eventually to, to, to Ukraine when they, when they win this war and they can rebuild their country, start rebuilding the country. I think Russia is going to get rebuilt too. And I think with a change of leadership, there's going to be some American companies that'll be part of that too. I think Russians are going to want American companies part of that. Right? We heard from Peter Zion in some of the videos that that we've looked at, and I think we shared one of them here, is that the um, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, a lot of the wells in in Siberia got you know, I don't know, damaged, destroyed, or whatever, left unchecked, and they hired 
Western companies to come in and help right. reestablish reestablish the all those pipelines. Right, they're not going to do it themselves. They're going to hire the Western companies to do that. And so, this is uh, this is something that Russia has to go through, and and eventually, yeah, they're well, hopefully they come out on the top, and and um, meaning in the sense of like they can get their crap together and say, okay, we messed up. Right. We really I, messed up. We need help. The The interesting thing here is uh, he, he goes on to basically say, you know, were you able to use Ukraine as a testing grounds? He'd also say, you know, money laundering is like, money laundering will not look like what you think it is in the sense that because we are helping Ukraine, who's going to be doing the building of the construction and stuff? It's going to be the U.S. stuff if Ukraine is to rebuild. Yeah. Right, and because of that, the contracts go to certain people, stuff of this nature, and I do find that to be probably fairly true. Um, I think the the main thing that's interesting here that he high, you know touches on a little bit in this that there will be a second part, which maybe we'll talk about next time, uh, which isn't out yet, but is China. Yeah. This just in the last week, China showed up in Russia. Yep. Solidified some agreements, I believe, which I'm guessing is cheap oil. Very cheap oil. Very cheap yeah. oil um, to keep Mr. Putin going and uh, keep the war alive. Yep. And uh, it is interesting to think about where does that lead. I, I see a lot of people saying this is a bad thing, and I do think it is a bad thing. Yeah, It's not good to have those two getting closer together. I will admit that. I will say this, though. I think um, what Xi, Xi Jinping, which is the, the president of China, mm-hmm. um, what he sees in this is a, a call to patience from his side of things, right? Because... Mm. If he had done what he wanted to do, which is there's been talk about ramping up and getting Taiwan back. That's right, yeah, thing, yeah, right? yeah. That's gonna cost a lot of lives, a lot of money. Well, you and I have talked about this. Yep. He's got a lot of just men just hanging around who will yep. never have a family. Yep. Statistically, it's impossible. Yep. And so um he saw what happened with Russia and like this is the biggest blunder. This is like in chess, this is losing your queen <laughs> on the second move, and then somebody walk the other queen just terrorizing all your other pieces. Like you're losing every piece, basically. This is this is how I equate it in, in terms of chess terms. Um, and Xi was looking over his shoulder and and watching this game being played out. He's like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to mess with this now. Yeah, it's. I feel like they do view things a lot through the economic lens, and you can see them being like, "There's, there's an opportunity here." I mean, there, there's a lot of things that they had to take a second look at. I completely agree with that. And I will say this: at the end of the day, if I if I do hold true to the belief that Z is a cult of personality unto himself, even this agreement with Russia, I have no idea what that means. Yeah. Right, because if he's still the ultimate decision maker on all these things, yeah, we have no idea what the impact of that will be. He can do whatever he wants. So, anyways, should we wrap that up there? Yeah, I would say last thing 
to add on the Ukraine front is is um, just keep your eyes open for for April and especially May, and we'll obviously be back before that. But um, that's when the prediction is we're going to have a massive, massive counteroffensive by Ukraine. That's kind of why I say we're going to have a bloody summer, um, and it could potentially be really huge. It could potentially stall out. Yes. Okay. My so- my thought is it's going to be big because. If we're already seeing T-52s or T-55s and <laughs> and even older equipment, um, I saw there was a Katyusha, which is a rocket launcher from World War II. And it's driven on one of those like 1930s uh, pickup trucks. Oh, did yeah. they have those? They have those. They, uh, they were driving one of those. So they're clearly digging into deep storage now. And, and if... And if you're pitting that kind I of equipment, I want a Katusha. <laughs> Katusha. If you're pitting that equipment against, you know, Challenger tanks, Leopards, even upgraded MiGs, I mean, that's going to be, it's going to be bad for all for all the uh, history war gaming nerds out there. This is like Company of Heroes. That's a strategy video game. The, Kat- the Katushas don't they 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 can't take many hits. Let's yeah, put it that way. Yeah. It's it's uh, and they're. And they're more of a. There's no guidance on these things, no. really, right? It's very yeah. rudimentary. Oh, they're extremely rudimentary. Yeah, yeah. These are just just it's, rocket salvos that just go. I think it'd be less effective than a mortar. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so we're coming to a point where I mean, okay, you've played Age of Empires, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Age of Empires, that you know, you're playing against other potential like, yeah. civilizations, and you can upgrade your civilization. Right, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you're. <laughs> One you discovered gunpowder. Yeah, one side has <laughs> upgraded their civilization to like the top, while the other one is de, de- upgrading or downgrading their civilization further and further. And like that clash is going to be just epic. You can't, you can't, you can't produce any swordsmen, so you're just cranking out. Yeah, it's going to be guys, sword guys with spears and some rudimentary shields, right? <laughs> you're just trying to overwhelm them by. <laughs> yeah. Which sometimes yeah. works, by the way. Sometimes works. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's switch gears a little bit here. Um, yeah, this is a topic that um, uh-huh. th- we talked a little bit about this. This was kind of our intro last time, but I think oh, Sydney. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we've seen some just incredible, incredible movement in the last few weeks on on the on this front and. Kind of wanted to have a discussion on that. So, um, of course, all this kicks off with uh, OpenAI. Yes. Which is the maker of ChatGPT. Correct. Uh, which you've probably heard of that. Um, they have GPT, which is kind of the back end of that. And the chat is the obviously the interface part. Um, they've been working on ChatGPT4 for mm-hmm. about six months. So, they've been training this, this new version of ChatGPT or GPT, uh, and it came out on March 13th of 2023. So just a few weeks ago um, to to when we're recording, it's got a lot of new capabilities. Yeah. A lot. Um, some of the things that, that you know, we're looking at is um, it's got now a ability to, you can upload a photo and yes. it can, it can basically identify stuff on the photo, mm-hmm. right? Where ChatGPT created Dolly, which is another mm-hmm. um, machine learning vision on the vision side of things. So for all of you um, students out there, 
Just upload your tests, <laughs> and it will select which is the right, right answer. Right. Um, and one it's, of the, and I yeah. think I think it can do that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So it came out like on 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 the thirteenth, and even that same day, like people got early access to it, and they were just like blown away by what it's been doing. Yeah, it's just it's, it's ridiculous. It it is ridiculous. I will say this: I keep feeling like the amount of I haven't checked today, but the amount of usages you can do with chat GPT-4 continues to decrease. So I think the early access people could do like 100 every four hours. Yeah, yeah. And now it's down to like 25. Yeah, just because it's so popular. Yeah. And right, all the, all the usage. Yeah. They did expand like the character limit. I think you can now paste in or it can generate like 2,000 characters. So there was a limitation with the chat GPT 3.5 and 3. Yes. So they're they're doing a lot of stuff to basically make this even more intelligent, more smart. Um, you can it can describe memes, right? So you, you can upload a picture of of a meme, and it, you can ask ChatGPT, this "Why is, is this the AI funny? revolution?" Everyone, it can describe memes. Yeah, well, that's one of them. Yeah, I saw a guy on Twitter um, took a picture of his stuff in the fridge, and and asked ChatGPT for. Um, here's a picture of my fridge. What can I make out of it? Give me 10 recipes. And it just popped out 10 recipes, identified no, everything yeah, correctly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Identified everything correctly. So it's stuff that that's labeled and not labeled. So like there were some apples and some vegetables and then there was like packaged things like yogurt. And it's like, you can make a yogurt parfait and here's, <laughs> here's the recipe to make a re- yogurt parfait. Crazy stuff. I don't believe you. I'm I'm not even joking, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, the other thing. Okay, can I just... Yeah. No, no, no. The other thing. There is no other thing here, Serge. (laughs) What are you talking about? There's a lot of things here. No, there isn't. Okay. Okay. Microsoft Office 360... Hold on. No, no, no. We're still on ChatGPT. Okay, let's... let's, Okay. But it it is ChatGPT. Okay, let me just... You're going to talk about this plugin stuff, which I don't know what that's going to be. It sounds like... Can I just can I just simply say this? We were we were mind boggling. We we ended the year right mm-hmm. with Chat GPT. Yeah, Chat GPT four was theoretically going to come out. I, I actually thought it might come in April, and when it came out in March, and um, I just hired my first executive assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, do you want to? This, no, I'm not saying you're going to be replaced by ChatGPT. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, cruel! No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. No, but what I, what I was telling her is like, what is what is mind boggling on this front? That was less than four months ago. Less than four yeah. months ago. Yep. Yep. And it got upgraded to where it is now. Well, again, they spent six months I basically okay. rebuilding the whole thing. But listen but listen to you say that. Listen <laughs> to you say that, Serge. <laughs> Serge, is there six months left in the year? Well, a little bit more than six okay, months. Okay, yeah. let's say it takes yep. them seven months to yep. get to 4.5. Yep. Okay. You think, think they're going to do that this year? I think so. Okay. So by the time, a year from now... What are we going to be at? We'll be probably I mean, I know, I know they're going to run into the naming issue like Mac does or yeah. whatever, whatever. Yeah. But like, is it going to be, let's say five, 5.5? 5. 5? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. 
what more do you need to do when you're scoring 90% on the bar exam? Yeah. I, I'm being honest here. What What is the point? I This is where I feel like it's more so the additions of stuff, which I did see. Is this what the plug-in thing is? I saw somebody the other day posting about how they're like throwing things in, right? Let's just say, hey, get me a reservation of a table yeah. with, for vegan restaurants that is available on a Tuesday night with my wife. Yep. And they did options. Is that what is yep. that what this is yep. coming down to That's basically? What yeah. Okay. Yeah. But but something you mentioned here and I'll, I'll get to that here. The bar exam, right? Okay, chat GPT 3.5. They ran the statistics. Yes. Um, bar exam, I've never taken it. I don't even know what's in there, right? I couldn't even tell you. Um, <laughs> who needs a lawyer now? <laughs> <laughs> Just use Chat GPT. <laughs> Let it argue the criminal case. Um, I wanted <laughs> Chat GPT for the Murdo mur- murder mysteries. Oh my god! <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, Can you imagine? It's just like spitting. It's like, sir, uh, the, the chat would like to ask you. <laughs> Do you think that angle is really effective, right? When we're looking at yeah. thirty degrees from the sunlight coming in. To... Anyways, keep the going. chat says objection. Objection. <laughs> um, no, I um, chat GPT three point five was scoring a two thirteen out of four hundred. Two thirteen out of four hundred. So that's the, the tenth bottom tenth percentile, right? That's not very good. Very very bad. Very okay, poor. very bad. Very poor. Very poor. Chat GPT four yes. scores two ninety eight out of four hundred, which is the top ninetieth percentile. <laughs> okay, I'm not a math nerd here. That's a large, large jump, right? Oh yeah. By the way, it's also which reminds me, do they do they have that? There's their stat there at all about like the the mathematical stuff? Because you can like throw in, is it formulas? Or, oh, or yeah. it'll create formulas yep, for you? Yep. So G- GPT-3 uh, didn't even score on the AP calculus exam. Four is in the between the 43rd and 59th percentile on the calculus exam. It's only going to get stronger. As so, it, so, uh, so here comes the bottom of the yeah. main question. What 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 am I gonna do? I'm homeschooling my my kids right now. Yeah, should I just be homeschooling them with ChatGPT? Not yet. Why not? Um, why why not? There is still information. You are still teaching them how to use it and understanding like what they need to ask. Yeah, I would I would use that for critical thinking. Yes, like or creativity. Um, but there's still some information that's just wrong. They so, they acknowledge that, right? Yeah. Well. But mathematical stuff? I mean, to me, this yeah. is like when we got handed the graphing calculator in high school. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Which, <laughs> which this, with this, there was, which, with there this was teachers is, protesting calculators. They're like, we don't need calculators in high school. Right? They were protesting calculators. Um, which now, the, that looks like a, like, you know, the wheel from, uh, you know, a caveman compared to what this thing can do, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, the, kind of the thing that you alluded to was the plugin. So, this is uh, this is still very much in like alpha, beta, whatever version it is for for GPT. Uh, this is the end. So, GPT just to kind of give a very maybe fifth grade esque explanation. Um, 
GPT is basically a like it's a generative um, language model. It's a yes. large language model essentially. So what they do is they feed a bunch of stuff from books, from Wikipedia websites, all kinds of random things. Right? They feed into it, including moody teenagers or like single cougar type women to form Sydney. Correct. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how else does it figure that out? They, they they feed all this stuff into it, and they train the the model right Bef- to to kind of explain. So they, there's a lot of stuff, and well, they ask. But here's a human, the problem. Here's the problem, Serge. You're training it to be like a human. Yes. Yep. It's going to reflect the sins of the human. It's going to give... We already... The last episode we discussed that. I think it's going to give... um, It's going to consider the point of view of the human. But now you're telling me it's thinking. No, 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 no. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, (laughs) um, So basically, again, uh, what they do is they just take all this data and they have some humans that they call it like some kind of... RHLM or something like that, some kind of a mechanism where they show something to a human and they say, what looks the most human to you, right? And then that trains the model. The model learns from that and gets, you know, more and more intelligent, right? The The problem with GPT right now is it's based, it's a based on a fixed point in time. So like GPT-3 um, was, you could only access data from 2021 and okay. and and back, right? So it, d- it didn't know anything about Ukraine war. It didn't know anything about like you know modern bank collapses, that sort of thing, right? So one way that I think that OpenAI is trying to make this more real time, more you know actually more useful, is through the point of a plugin, which think of it as kind of as like an app store, right? GPT is like the iPhone. The app store is really is the killer feature because you can download any app that you want, right? You do anything you want. And so they're opening you up. Are, there was just an overwhelming flood when you said that. And I'm like, oh, this is the end. This, the, the, this is the end. We'll, we'll talk about that. This <laughs> is the end. No, what are we talking about? It's I want to explain people, this, Peter. <laughs> hug your family. Hold your kids no. close tonight. Tell them you love them and say, well... Been a fun ride. The AI overlords are um, are on the way. Let's let's go on a vacation one last time here this, or, as a family. You know, before the before rise we get of the machine thrown into a simulation where the plugin is like just we're saying, oh. hey, take me to Hawaii. Flump. You know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we'll be there yet. Um, and probably for a while. Surge. What happened? Okay. Surge is being like optimistic here. I feel like like we're not that far. I'm going to go a little devil's advocate okay. here. This is, f- it's less than four months, Serge. Less yes. than four months. Yeah. I understand. Maybe there is a kind of, ironically, a limit to how fast the thing can continue to upgrade itself. Yes. Maybe. Well, even- it's not upgrading itself again. Okay. Well, so I think what you're talking about, you what you're talking about is AGI or well, artificial general intelligence, so, which is kind of this yes. term that basically is like, it's like a it's, human. It's a human. It's, it's like, sentient, oh. right? It, it, yeah. But here's but here's the problem with that. We're still feeding it the information. Yes. 
and we want to feed it more information. My, my whole problem <laughs> with the whole AGI concept is like we keep acting like mm-hmm. oh it's it does it's not it doesn't think like a human. What exactly doesn't think like a human? It talks back to me like a human. It says, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I'm sorry, I don't have that information. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's when it's being bro. kind. It's programmed. I, I'm not, okay, let me let me take a step back here. I'm trying to give the perspective of, I'm not thinking of it like this is, you know, like somebody like you and me who can yeah. joke, even though quite literally it can create jokes. Have you not seen this? Yeah. Well, so, Siri can create jokes. Oh, serious. Yeah. No, serious. <laughs> that one requires human intervention. Yeah, I'm that's sorry. Uh, that needs Which help. is why I use Siri, yeah. by the way. I kind of I like having the yeah. dumb AI around. Yeah. Anyways, um, but my point is, is like, I know it's technically saying the next thing, but 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 just take a step back. Like the human mind is like looking for the next thing to tell you when I'm talking right now. Yeah. Right? Yep. How is that any different than that? Number one. Number two, you want to teach me something. Yeah. Okay. You're teaching ChatGPT all this information. It now went to like, oh, yeah. All it did was move from third grade to sixth grade, if you will. Yeah. Okay. And now... Now, I feel like we're taking this, fine, sixth grade is the right word. I'm thinking like, a, this. I'm being very dramatic here, I want to be very clear, I'm joking, but I feel like we're taking this like 14-year-old that's just like we just gave a bunch of information to, <laughs> sticking plugins, shots and drugs into it and be like, do whatever you want to do, create the beast. Right. You just can't do X, Y, and yeah. Z. But it's a... It literally is. I know it's. I know it's a machine. I know it's quote unquote a mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. But you, <laughs> do you not see? No, I, no. I'm, listen, I'm listen. having a hard. This okay. is why it's difficult. It's like how do you articulate the fact of like we have thought of AGI as X, right? Yeah. You know, this is actually one thing the guy talked that was talking about. You know, with yeah. the Ukraine war, he's like, we're we're probably already in World War Three. You don't know when you're in the... Does that make sense? Yeah. You don't know when you've crossed the line until after the fact. Right. And I'm not saying that we've... Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that one guy from Google, do you not remember that? Who, like, kind of defected and, like, told the reporters, right? Yeah. He's like, what in the world was going... I mean, the thing was like... uh, So, all I'm saying is... If if this is if this is instruction in literally giving us the data input of what we are looking to have, yeah, it is communicating back and forth. With this I know we're asking it. I get that. I know yeah. we're telling it what to tell us, but it's still extrapolating, right? Let me ask you a question, Peter. Yes, and I think this to me this makes a lot of sense why they're approaching this with plugins versus so so would you rather have gpt have basically unfettered access to the internet 
Isn't that basically what we're doing? Not quite. We're we're we're. I think with the plugins, no, we're just giving it the best of what we have, right? With the plugins, that allows mechanisms of safety to be built in. We're right? giving it op- access to OpenTable as an example. Yeah. OpenTable <laughs> is the data. thing that we all is on every single Google My Business yeah. listing for all the restaurants. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine DoorDash? Sign me up. I mean, I've never thought to myself, simulation, you know, we need, you know, Black Mirror is like, oh, we're going to put on glasses and like live in some sort of weird thing, right? Are you kidding me? We're just going to live in like, this is the stuff I want to do today. Create it for me. And we're going to like, at lunchtime, it's going to have my mac and cheese with bacon from Blarney Stone down the street, which is so good. Oh, my word. Delivered to me. It's going to know that already. Mm-hmm. It's going to know what my kids want. It might even, quite frankly, find a way to save some money with the coupon code that's on, you know. And I will be promoting businesses yeah. through ChatGPT with coupon codes and stuff like totally. this. To grow revenue. Like, I understand, like, there's this evolution here of, like, how things will go about. But you got to remember, because you're getting into this, right? The plugin side, yeah, what we just yeah. asked it to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's an executive assistant in some capacity. Yeah. So right now they're starting with a handful of plugins, right? Um, one of them is Wolfram Alpha, which is kind of like the golden standard of mathematics online. Wolfram. Uh, the golden standard of mathematics. Yeah. Like they, you can figure, you can go to Wolfram.com, I think. You hear that curriculums? <laughs> Move over. Yeah. Um, Sydney's going to be teaching your kid. And. <laughs> okay and then there's a leak that happens some so some dude okay looked at the code yes and they're like oh what if i delete this line of code in the chat gpt and they did that and then the plugin store expanded to show like all the other hidden plugins and it's things like um please tell me you can do let's see here uh so wolfram we talked about that klarna which is like a product thing you can look look at products um online you can compare prices that sort of thing um there is one for well we talked about open table there's a zapier plugin zapier kind of is like a is a api that you're kidding me zapier's gonna look yeah, into this oh, yeah, thing yeah instacart that was my favorite demo surge zapier zapier is going to be part of this okay. yeah just everybody knows if you don't know what zapier is it's like this api thing that's like hey you want to take this api let's connect you to this api yeah. now you're going to have just pull up pull, here let me do this zapier they yeah they interact with over five thousand apps so like you can say when i take a photo um send that photo to my google cloud or whatever or you know, make a notation in this Google Sheet. So you can do some... Zapier empowers you to automate your work across 5,000 plus apps. Yes. Let me be clear. And these apps include the likes of Facebook, Google, Instagram. The list goes on and on and on and on. Pretty much every app... Pretty much every SaaS company in the world uses Zapier. But the cool thing to me when they did the demo was like... (laughs) Um, I want to eat healthy today, so <laughs> use Wolfram Alpha to calculate the calories in if this. You think in this, this is going to help meal. humanity? 
lose weight. <laughs> I am sorry. Maybe you will. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, that is like, oh, and then order it from Instacart. Since Instacart delivers it. Any you know? convenience <laughs> allowed us. Or Instacart delivers from your grocery. So you're like, I need a grocery list. And then, you know, you could just chat with GPT and it'll order it for you and tell you the calories and all that stuff. So, well, that, that part actually sounds yeah. kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Take a picture and yeah. read, tell you what the calories are. Yeah. But of course, you're trusting that that's correct. So, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I, all I'm saying is the plugin approach, which is still, again, very, very new. We, we still don't know very much about it. It's, it's, um, it's uh, creepy. It's creepy. Uh, I'm not going to deny that. Okay. But I think it's probably the lesser of the two evils when it comes to just giving it like a tunnel to the internet that's just wide open all the time. Or let's give yeah, you a little, by, little you know, fence you have to jump over every time to do that, to access the internet. You're basically saying, hey, it's the lesser of two evils. We're just going to connect <laughs> Skynet with things like all our most important, <laughs> all our most most popular apps yeah. that we all use versus just give it wide fitter to access yeah. the internet, which I agree. I mean, can you at me? Oh man. Yeah. What is it going to do when it starts scanning like Twitter? Huh? Or the comments of YouTube? Oh, that's a dark place. <laughs> these are, these are, <laughs> these are, what if it gets on 4chan? Oh my God. Yeah. What if it starts reading the bowels of the internet and be like, wow, you guys have really lost the thread. But I think, so, okay, to to play devil's advocate on that is like, it's not taking that data and just appending it to the chat GPT, like main database, right? It's something that you have to opt into. You have to download the plugin or install the plugin to use it, right? So just because you have 4chan plugin, if that even is a thing, doesn't mean everyone else is going to get that 4chan plugin, right? Or whatever, you know, evil or good thing you want to look at or plugin uh, wise. So I think it's 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 an approach. I'm not sure. To me it seems reasonable, but again, I don't It seems reasonable to you? It it does. It's it seems like it's a better way. It seems like you can install whatever app you want. You know, you you can install no apps. I mean, it's still going to be a great product. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I thought I would... Okay, sorry. Would you continue? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Chat GPT-4. Okay. Just so you have... A, just so everyone here... Because I know this is going to make everyone on either side of the aisle really intrigued. Oh, my word. Chat GPT-4. Hear what I said. Tell me about the JFK assassination conspiracy <laughs> in the voice of Alex Jones. Oh, my God. It did it. Oh, no. It did it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to break this wide open right here, right now on the Alex Jones show, the JFK assassination conspiracy. I've been digging into this. And let me tell you, it's a rabbit hole of epic proportions, a labyrinth of shadowy organizations and clandestine operations. Okay. Now everybody knows JFK. And it keeps going. Yeah. Like, it. it's... First, let's talk about the magic bullet theory, which, by the way, is total, total junk. I will say that much. Sorry, people, you are going to get a little less than JFK today. <laughs> the magic bullet theory was this concept that the single bullet caused seven wounds in JFK and Texas governor <laughs> and somehow like magically appeared almost completely un... 
like almost completely perfect. It had like a little scratch on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. People, you don't have to be a a genius to know that that's statistically impossible. Anyways. Okay. Long story short, it did this. And by the word, uh, let me let me see if I can get a character count on this. Um, uh, how many words was that response? Yeah, because you could just you could just type and ask that question. Right? My response to you in your previous question was three hundred twenty eight words long. Okay. Jeez. So, um, yeah, I think the killer app here is the chat part, right? That's that. It's 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 talking to me, right? That like I don't know how they could have done it in a different way. That maybe like you you had to do I don't know. I, I can't even imagine what what it looks like or would have looked like alternatively, right? Like the chat interface is that is the interface. There is no interface, right? Like you know, part of part of what I do for work is I design interfaces, right? Like yeah. For me, you know, you want the buttons, you want the sections, you want the, you know, you want kind of all the everything kind of broken out into a nice consumable part. Chat GPT, there is no interface. It's just, you're just talking to it back and forth, right? It's dead simple. That's why I think it works. That's why it's the number one fastest growing digital product in history. Right. In history. We already talked about that. Um, you know, and so there... <laughs> This is this is the beginning. And and one of the things that I saw that that came after ChatGPT4 and their announcement was Microsoft Office. And Microsoft as a company in general has just has just blown me away. Well, there's like, a reason why they put 10 bill in that company. There is, yes. And the the thing that's blown me away is like you know Microsoft is kind of, you know, Windows, you know it as as, you know, a lot of the office apps and it keeps uh, you know, I I always kind of viewed it as kind of like eh, there's some good there's a lot of great stuff that they do, there's some clunky things they do and and but recently with with the AI stuff, yeah. they're the undisputed leader. <sighs> undisputed leader of, have, of have AI you, integration. Have you have you is that rolled out though? No, so what they did was they had a um, announcement. This was uh, again just a few weeks ago, March sixteenth. So not like I think a couple days hey, after that. What yeah. was what was three that, days after? What was that announcement like? Was that do you, do you remember when I told you about the the Microsoft Bing announcement integration? Yes. Yeah, oh. how it was like in a. It was like people. I may be way wrong here, but it seriously reminded me of some like hotel conference room at the Ramada in down the street type yeah. scenario with, no. with just like a big screen, you know, yeah. and that's about yeah. it. No, it was, it was nice. It was done professionally. Okay. Um, and here's the thing. This is, I was watching this announcement during work at, during my lunch break. Yes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they just 10 X my productivity at work. Are you serious? Oh yeah. So what they're doing is, you know, Microsoft has Office 365, which is their whole suite of, you know, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and a bunch of Tell apps. me more. And essentially, you know, you can, so as you're typing content in any one of these apps, and it's all, it, they're all kind of like tailored specifically to the app. You can say things like draft a proposal from yesterday's, you can say, you know, at sign copilot, 
which enables or engages this cope this new feature. Mm-hmm. And you can just t- then start typing into it. You say, draft me a proposal from yesterday's meeting notes. And meeting notes is linked to your OneNote, which is a note-taking app. Gotcha. Hit send, hit enter, whatever. It takes what you wrote in that meeting notes document and just drafts a proposal from that. Okay? That's cool. It can take... Excel documents, it can create charts from those Wait, documents. Wait, how did you get the, where, where did the meeting notes come from? Well, for example, you you had meeting notes in your OneNote. Okay. You can you can basically, all these apps talk to each other, so you can actually, it's it's all connected. So you can say yes. from slash, or I think, I don't know, I'm not sure if it's a slash command or at command, again, to, to choose documents that you have yes. in your 365. Okay. Right? The craziest thing to me was this. They opened up PowerPoint uh-huh. and they said, Copilot, create a whimsical PowerPoint with 10 slides from this document. And they attached the document. Within three seconds, the PowerPoint was created. It had all the backgrounds. It had all the text. It was just... I, I'm, I sat there and I'm like, oh my gosh, this like... This is such a massive productivity gain. So why, why, why does it need? Why does it need us to tell us anything? Well, I like why. I like, why are we even in the picture, Serge? Because we are the data input. Okay. Here, right? We okay. are the data input. We. That is probably the best point to the AI conversation I've yeah. heard in a long time. Okay. The AI, we are still the input are, of the information of what this yes, thing reads. Yes. Okay. Now, Fair. there might be a point in time. Is this the AGI content? 20, yeah, 20, 30 years down the road where our data is no longer, like we're not importing, inputting as much data as, an, as a super AGI, like artificial general intelligence can, right? Maybe. But we are still very much tied to this. And I'm looking at this as a augmentation rather than a replacement, right? So some people will say, "Oh, this is going to replace." Like so you this said. this is actually the augmented reality that actually is technically the next sphere. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, that what this they, is this is the wrong concept of what Google Glass was trying to yeah, accomplish. Yeah, this is augmenting your your work life like you can't even imagine. Well, this this sounds like I mean. Open table. This is your personal life. Yeah, but but even specifically with what Microsoft announced, like you you can you can look at you. It's connected to Outlook, right? So we can, can look you at your. Can you imagine how nice this is going to be for like accounting? Oh my gosh, it can look at an Excel document. It can you can say analyze this document and it'll just spit out a maybe, bunch of stuff. Maybe right? this is going to be a problem though because it's going to there's somebody's going to do the command of like go back the last five years and five the discrepancies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyways, yeah. So that that was really exciting for me to see. I know that Google is also doing something like that. I looked at their demo. It was it was pretty cool, but it wasn't as, I mean, which is so feels so weird for me to say. How like, dare you say this? <laughs> Google take it back, sir. Google's demo wasn't as impressive as Microsoft's, but that's true. I mean, that is true. Honestly, I. I Oh man! So I did see somebody the other day post something. Um, 
And uh, I was actually really um, intrigued by this, where uh, he basically called it all the SaaS companies with AI and said, a lot of you are just not going to have a business. He's like, because all they got to do is make one change and they can do what you do. Um, the smart SaaS companies are integrating AI into their platforms. So is that is that the kicker then? So yeah. here's, here's, here's my question on that. I have shown you multiple yes. AI tools. Yep. Do you think those exist in a year? Yes. You do, actually. Yeah. Oh, I... This is, this is the new way to build, like... You're going to use AI to build AI apps, is what I think. Because someone even proved it. Someone said, chat GPT-4. I wonder, yeah, yeah, but, I but wonder how if you can create an iPhone How do you app. lock that down, though? Why would you lock it down? Because it's your... So if you're building an iPhone app, there's a you're going to build it in Swift or I can't Objective believe this. C. I'm actually feeling really discouraged right now all of a sudden. <laughs> Peter. Think about this, man. <laughs> How on earth do you lock that down? Well, let me let me be very clear. You what is patentable here? Is anything patentable? I don't know the answer to the question. Right. Because it's because we're entering a whole new weird variety here. And I think but I think you're looking at it from the wrong and is, perspective. is Apple still the king here because they're just still creating the shovel oh, for this that's stuff? That's interesting. I don't think you're look I don't think we need to look at this as patents per se, but we need to look at this as there are going to be alternatives to Jat GPT to GPT. They're like Microsoft, right? They announced right. Bard, which was Stupid name, hate that name. Oh my word! Very rushed. That in a year. Very rushed, and and even with some users looking at some of the data, <laughs> it it's not as great, right? There's still kinks to be worked out, and Microsoft, I'm sure, will or sorry, Google will probably catch catch up and kind of get some of their stuff together. I think with AI, but this was a panic moment, and and rightfully so. I can't wait for Bard at Bard Marketing. But yeah, you're gonna see you're gonna see specific like additional AIs that will take different approaches yep. to AI specifically to, to 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 this data, right? So like for example, um, okay, I'll just say this. I'm again thinking out loud here. I use a a software like there's like a Bible reading software, right? It's called Logos. Logos is fantastic, by the way. If you're if you're into that. What they've done over like thirty years is they've basically digitized um, like the Bible and a bunch of tons and tons and tons of resources, like original languages, Hebrew, that kind of stuff. They and, made they, it, and within within three months, they took thirty years and put it into three months <laughs> and queried it. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, is that the concept. So, so you can so you can essentially with logos you can um, you know search for any passage and it'll pull up commentaries, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, now imagine a GPT yes. type of an application for logos or for that industry specifically. So you could say, okay, we've got this data set of like religious text, or it could be maybe like just books, right? We've got a GPT specifically for books, right? And so, cause, it, cause oh. it, you can import all the data you want in there. And then you, that's where you get the really differentiated versions of this GPT stuff. Right, I, I don't think people and and 
re- regardless of your of your religious belief, you should try this. <laughs> yeah. Because as a as a as as a Christian, when I query with GPT four, yeah, it's ridiculous. It is. I've never seen it wrong. Yeah, it, and, it, it writes, and, and by it the writes way, sermons, right? And right, and by the way, this isn't like you know what is you know verse blank or something yeah, like that. Yeah. No, it's give me a synopsis of this verse or this passage, yeah, yeah. and it is eerily accurate. So again, to my point. So I keep thinking, like, dude, if you're a Buddhist, it probably does the same thing, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. It, it's, it, I mean, it's agnostic, right? If you're it, Mormon, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't care. It doesn't care, right? And that's where I'm saying, like, we're going to have, in can my you, mind, we're going to have specific applications to industries. Can you, can you query Sam Harris? Or? I'm sure you can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's got the data for it. So um, uh. that's where I'm like, it's... It, it's going to go that direction. The other thing that I, you know, a couple other points I, I want to point out is, so Sam Altman, who's the CEO oh, of ChatGPT. So think about this. His I last name. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say this. I'm sorry. We're going to ruin any chance we ever have of getting this guy in the show, probably. <laughs> All right. I want to be very clear on this. Sam, if you do ever do listen to this, it's not that I don't like you. I actually do like you. And I do think it's, but I feel like you need to show a little bit more emotion in your presentations. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He says that's one of his flaws. He 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 understands. Oh, did he say oh, yeah. he does say that? So I listened to his recent interview oh. with Lex Friedman. My apologies. Um, and so he, you know, he... Yeah, Lex he, is like, you are eerily... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and he says, like, uh, my, my, one of my flaws is lack of charisma in selling this thing. And, and, and Lex is like, well, that's probably not a bad thing because charisma can be too much and, and that sort of thing. But anyways, you know, first of all, Sam Altman, right? Alt, alternative, man. Yes. <laughs> he created the alternative to man. <laughs> <laughs> Let that sink in a little bit. That's That's a joke. But um, so he's talking about, you know, Lex asked him about bias and he said, you know, what about like bias? Because you've got, um, you know, mostly people in San Francisco that are working on this. You know, there's definitely a left leaning bias there. Um, And he's like, you know, there's really no way to get it 100 percent unbiased. And it's really just because because we're people, because we're different. So somebody's values in. Morocco and somebody's values in Japan are just totally different. Their their worldview is different, right? And so another thing that I'm predicting is my prediction is they're gonna be like a there's gonna be like a localization. So you're gonna have a a British GPT, you're gonna have a Japanese GPT, you're gonna have a um, you know, Saudi Arabian GPT and that sort of thing, right? Where it it takes your culture or your you know, accepted, I, I don't know, morality, you want to say? And it sort of filters it through that lens. I could be totally wrong on that, but that that could be one way to avoid the bias, um, you know, because there's, there's been some really interesting things um, that, like, we saw, you know, write a poem about Trump. I'm sorry, I can't do that. And then write a poem about Biden. It's like writes this long poem about Biden. Well, it's like okay, there's some kind of a bias 
mechanism in there. Right. Right. So yeah, how oh, do you totally, how do you get yeah. it to to be unbiased as much as it possibly can? But again, it's there's no hundred percent unbiased. This is purely mechanical. What it does do, I think, is it takes the emotion out of a lot of stuff, which we as humans are very emotional and emotion is not rational. And so that's that's where we run into some of these things. Um I think you know the the more companies that start implementing either GPT or other technologies in this space, they just have to do that. They're gonna they, they have to innovate or they're gonna die. Like Canva, right? Canva is one of the tools that we've we use kind of in our space, which is a it's basically like a Photoshop for for really simplified version of Photoshop where you can make you know, social media posts and graphics and all sorts of things like that. They now have an AI aspect to their, to their platform. Um, Adobe. Have you tested that? No, that's okay. still coming out. Adobe has a new AI generation tool that apparently supposedly uses and generates content that is not stolen from the internet. Cause that's one of the criticisms is a lot of these like image generation tools you steal content from other artists on the internet and then generate it based on that kind of artist right so adobe which makes photoshop and illustrator a huge huge player they're they're doing some kind of an ai generation tool as well i think other players like figma sketch which which help you make you know mock-ups or designs for websites and apps i wouldn't be surprised if we see some kind of gpt integration there as well that's imagine telling GPT to create a website or Figma to create a website, and here's the parameters. It needs to have a section for this, a section for that. It needs to have five pages. Done, and it just generates it for you, and you can go in there and tweak it like you want it. So again, you can see that as a replacement for jobs, or you can see that as oh my gosh. I'm 10 times more productive as a developer or as a designer or as a copywriter or as whatever. Well, I, I will say this. The the problem I see with ChatGPT is it, it answers one issue in the tech center of productivity. The problem that it, and, or AI, the problem that we're dealing with. Listen, I just had a, I just had a meeting today with a client. He's had one of the greatest, they had one of the greatest months, I, probably the greatest month in their business. Problem? He lost five employees this month. Hmm. Um, small business. Now it's a learning lesson, as any business owner would say. Whatever you'll you'll do yeah. different things different next time, right? But the problem is, you know, is that it's so weird. We to this one guy's point earlier. It's like we're living in this recession, right? But we have a struggling workforce. We don't have enough people. It's a paradox, isn't it? Right? Yeah. And it what it seems like is this AI is gonna help like once again, if I can just simplify it. White collar. Yeah. Primarily, yes, I would say so. It, it might replace some white collar, to be honest yep. too, potentially, but um it's gonna boost that. But the problem is it still doesn't solve blue collar completely. And we are trying. I mean, I was, where was I? 
what the grocery store now has automated checkouts. Um, yeah. I mean, which is a form of automation, right? Well, that's what I mean. It's like it's they're they're trying to find ways. This is actually the part where I find very interesting is, you know, what's what's happening is we're trying to take AI and solve a myriad of things. And sometimes with blue, white collar, it's a little bit clearer. Yeah. And quite frankly, maybe helps cut some bloat every now and then. Yep. Time, right? Yep. But the blue collar, we're still, we're, we're trying to figure this out. And the, the gains are going to be less obvious, in my opinion. Because at the end of the day, you can at least, let's take the retail stuff. Automated checkouts, you can scan your app. Somebody's still got to review all that. Somebody's got to approve you walking out of the store with $500 worth of mer- <laughs> yeah. plus mer- or merchandise, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of that, like... You am- still am- have to have a body. Amazon, right? Remember, they were pioneering this, this no... Oh, that's right. You know, no person What happened to that? Store shutting down. Is it really? Yeah. Shutting down. So I don't think people are going to be... <laughs> But is ever, that what we're destined to, sir? I don't think so. I don't think people are ever going to be out of the equation. And and if you listen to his interview, he talks about this. He has a quote kind of uh, about, like, he's, he was asked, what happens to jobs, right? And and Sam Altman, the, again, the CEO of, of OpenAI, says, <laughs> it's going to eliminate a lot of current jobs. That's true. We can make much better ones. The reason to develop AI at all in terms of impact on our lives and improving the lives of up and upside this will be the greatest technology hum- humanity has yet developed. I agree with that last part. You do? Yep. It's, but I mean, this is by far the greatest. Sec- this, this is taking 30 plus years of okay. internet development, yes. condensing it into an API call. Okay, that's... Come on, man. That's, that's, this that, is okay, insane. That's, I will admit, that's pretty amazing. This is insane. That's this is like, amazing. And again, we're just at the forefront of this, right? That's... That's what we all are, all people. We're just an API call. With this machine. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, it's not going to replace the diamond miner, right? Uh, it's not going to replace the the uh, the garbage, uh, you know, garbage truck, the mailman, right? It's that is that requires a different solution. That solution is robotics plus AI, which I know other companies are working on that. But it's it's going to be hard to replace a lot of blue collar jobs. And it's going to make white collar jobs different. Well, some people said like this is the knowledge re- revolution. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, okay. I I have. Is there some more stuff you want to talk about? Because uh, I, I want to end on a little bit of a more of like, I want to say dystopian, <laughs> but a challenge that is very real. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my, my big takeaway on this, like even this last month, what happened yes. is like someday. Let's say twenty years, thirty years down the road, someone's going to be sitting there. Some analyst is going to be sitting at some company, and he's going to tell, and he's going to make a presentation. Of course, it's going to be done by the AI, but he's going to tell the AI make a presentation about. Did you say twenty years from now? Yeah, yeah. Serge, <laughs> try two months from now. <sighs> Let me finish. Okay, he's going to say make a make a presentation with fifteen slides about the history of. AI. And <laughs> and in, 20 years from now, it's going to say, to what humans? <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's going to say, okay, on slide seven. You're the include, only one left, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
on slide seven include a timeline of when this started happening. And I, I believe what's happening now is going to be one of the first bullets or first sections of the timeline. Because like you said earlier, like there's no way to, you know, you, you don't really know that you're in a war until later on retrospectively. You're like, oh, we're, this this was what was happening now. It's called World War II now, right? Right. And I think in some ways the a, the AI revolution that's, that's funny. it's that's it's you know we've had many steps to that but this is one of those like this is the this is the iPhone moment for AI. Oh, I agree with that. I right? agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. Which was such a cool. It, Which, it, it didn't look like a crazy innovation, but if you look at it retrospectively, you're like, oh my gosh, the iPhone literally changed everything. It changed like every phone completely changed now based on the iPhone. I think that's what we're going to have with with what's happening with with GPT and with um, Microsoft and Google, and I'm sure even Apple will. I heard, dude. Listen, I heard, <laughs> I heard Apple has a secret group working on Siri um, or some sort of a better interface for Siri. Which, thank God, like that, we need to have that. Siri is not well. The if they could fix that, you're right. There's not much left that they yeah don't. Um, Okay, so here, here, here's my here's my last thing. That is is some ways funny, and in other ways, I don't know what to think of it. Yeah. Uh, actually, let me see if I can find this clip here. All right, so this is a clip with Joe Rogan. Going to be a little language every now and then, probably, but him talking to FileZilla, who's kind of a online journalist in some capacity. Okay, and uh, they're talking talking. Talking a little bit about relationships in an AR world. Okay? So, I'm not sure where I'm going to end this. It, it won't be too long. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Here we go. Let's, let's it's going to be a lot more prevalent, and it's going to get a lot better. I mean, the, the rise talking, of the ability to... They're talking kind of about fishing guys right now, actually, a little bit. Fishing guides. So, fishing for guys. like Oh, okay. Like, kind of getting these guys who are, like, lonely, stuff like this, acting like it's... You know, a girl looking for somebody. Oh, I see. Does I see. that make sense? Okay, yep. Okay. Yep. All right, here we go. Generate like a realistic companion avatar is going to be, I mean, it's massive. Mm. You know, these people were complaining to me the other day about this other thing, which you're going to find this wild. So <laughs> there's this app where you can basically have a girlfriend who's an AI, where like the AI, you'll like, like basically, you know, it's a fake, like, you know, it's all AI. But it's like a companion chatbot, and you know. By the way, this episode was uh, two weeks ago. Okay, okay. This is prior to GPT four. Can we just start with that? <laughs> okay, prior to mm-hmm. GPT four. Okay, all right. Let's just. And he's talking about something that I think was even before Chat GPT, to be honest. All right. Let's continue. Yeah. Let's continue. I get a lot of emails like, oh, such and such is a scam. And usually it's like some Ponzi scheme or some get rich quick scheme. This one, they were furious because the creators had sold it like, hey, you can have hot role play with this AI bot. And then the, the, the people developing in the app one day said, hey, we're turning that off. But the reaction from the community was like, you took away my girlfriend. Oh, Jesus Like you took Christ. away my like you like my partner. And these people had legitimately bonded with a bot. What well, is that's that? That's the Joaquin Phoenix movie. Yeah, yeah. What, what is it? She, her, 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 her. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 
really the premise of the movie, but in the movie, it was all just voice. Yeah. Now it's going to be some actual 3D person. Is this one? That's okay, so, it's replicated. So that's AI. like still the uncanny valley, right? You look at that and you'd have to have like really bad eyesight to think that's a real person. All right. So the article reads, Replica AI shuts down erotica role play. Community shares suicide prevention resources oh over gosh. loss. So this is what I'm trying to communicate yeah. here. Okay. Uh, what? What's? This is not. This is terrible. People, science community is going to hate me for this. What's the login? I want to second law through my dynamics. I think I'm wrong on this. Every every action does a reaction. Requires a reaction. I'm sorry. I know I butchered it. Okay. All I'm saying is we're pushing something into. You're right. This is the iPhone moment. Guess what? The iPhone moment happened. What? 2010? 2011? Something like that. iPhone moment happened 2007. Man, was it that long? 2007. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I remember that now. Okay. So imagine that. (laughs) 16 years later, a company called TikTok is in Congress being subjugated to trying to figure out if we should ban the thing because of its spying on American citizenry. Okay. All I'm saying is TikTok wouldn't even be a thing. Okay. (laughs) If it weren't for the the iPhone. iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm trying to say, this is prior to GPT-4, whatever the scenario is, yeah. right? You, All I'm saying is we're going down the path. I mean, I, I, I think if you try to interact with chat GPT on this level, I think it does act like I don't have feelings or mm, something of sure, that nature. Sure. Until you There's get, some safeguards. Until about you that, get yeah. Sydney to come out. <laughs> Thanks. Sydney's wild. I heard Sydney got reprogrammed. I heard Sydney got reprogrammed. (laughs) Probably to the dismay of many people who read heard that. Anyways, yeah. So this is what I'm saying. We are we are not just talking about like job stuff here. We're talking about like how does this affect like relationships? What does it mean to be human? And and (sighs) we have. Listen, and this is a weird way. I don't. I don't think I intended to ever talk about this in this episode, but I feel like this is just leading leading it here. Our grandparents, right? <laughs> Our grandparents, right? Who were around in the four? Oh, who were fighting Nazis? A risque magazine was, you know, like yeah. what? I don't even know what it was. All right. Yeah. Um. The invent the uh, uh, Playboy when that came out, that was like a, a next cultural step. shock, right? Cultural yeah. shock, yeah. right? Um, the internet and yeah. like and like porn and, rela- and how that affected relationships is just and, <laughs> and now we're having people bond to an AI to a uh, computer program. What? I I can honestly I even have like I feel I feel sad honestly to hear that to be honest. But like that this is this is where we're coming to. And what I'm trying to say is 
you throw that into the mix. You throw it into the mix of like, you know, they say they don't need me because the AI can help take care of other stuff. I need to figure out, reinvent myself. I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's so many different like inputs coming in. And by the way, it all goes back to what we we're talking about earlier. It's not like in 2023, the world is like feeling like it's, it's the most stable thing out there right now. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah. Right? All I'm saying is there's a lot of new pressures coming into 2023. They're just wild. I, I'm i going to come back. To, I'm, I'm going to end my part here, and then you can give your final thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I still, I, I used to think this was funny. I'm not even sure how to view this anymore. 2019, all the life coaches were excited for 2020. Yeah. Why was that? Because 2020 was going to be like the theme of like, it's time to get 2020 vision yeah. on your life. Oh, not even life coaches, like celebrities, celebrities preachers, preachers, everybody. All that stuff, right? Right? Yeah. Everybody was excited for that. Yeah. And then the 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 A bomb of like what? Death, disease, culture war hit I think every nation, quite frankly. It did. Um much less the world, especially in America. Yeah. I mean, for goodness sakes. I've shared this before, I think, here. In 2019, we were sending our kids to a school like any normal family in America. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you look at the charts right now, the amount of homeschooling that has increased in the last two years, yeah. holy cow. It is, it is, I don't know what exponential is, but like that's exponential. Anyways. We we ended up doing that because it was like you, and I'm, this is not a this is not the statement that I'm saying homeschool is the right thing for a family. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying we did it because at the time our parents said, and both sides were like, we don't feel comfortable seeing the grandkids if they're attending a school. Hmm. And since because we thought like maybe we can make this work, we went like, that direction due to, due to COVID reasons. Due to COVID yeah, reasons, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Remember this makes is, sense. Remember this is August mid pandemic. Yeah. Mid- 2021 isn't even around the corner yet yeah. at this point in time, right? Yeah. So this is, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff here. And now, I keep thinking, every year, 2021, we're like, we, 2021 was actually the 2020 we were all expecting, I think, when it came to actual COVID. Sure. Right? Yeah. That's when we had, that's when the hospitals were getting a little nervous type scenario. Yep. Yep. Right? The burnout was 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 there. 2022 rolls around and it feels like we're entering we're finally getting past this and then some guy named putin kicks mm-hmm. off a war in europe right and now we have inflation and we have all these different things and now but we can't find workers we can't find workers And because of that issue, I think if you even look at the last two years, I'm not saying AI is like a direct, it's a, it's a correlation. I don't think it's a causation. Well, that's not true either. Overall, business is looking to try to make things work, right? Yeah. If it cannot find workers, the only where it has to go is AI. Yeah. Or automation in some capacity, right? Yeah. It is forced to go that route. So we all know if we just took a, t- took a step back here, 
2021 to today, 2021 was even worth of supply chains probably. But like there still are legitimate issues with supply chains and yep. stuff of this nature right now, yep. right? Yep. Part of that is a good portion of that is workforce. Some of that is a resource. I completely understand. But some of the, a lot of that is workforce. You can't, I don't know how many clients I have. They're actually doing quite well technically, but they don't have enough people. That is weird. We are in this weird conundrum. Yeah. Like, and then we take AI and we're like, hey, uh, hey, world. <laughs> and then we're like, uh, oh, and everyone's like, what in the world is this thing? Yeah. And then less than four months later, we made an update. Hey, everybody. Now it can pass the bar exam. And all the everyone's like, wait, what? what, what? And now, to your point, as I know you're having fun time talking about this, now we're just going to give it access to all our most popular <laughs> platforms and connect it. All I'm saying is, that I, I said this the other, I said this to somebody the other day, and honestly, I think anyone who's listening to this anywhere in the world right now might even have this feeling. So, and there's a lot of other stuff going on that we are not talking about. I mean, we might have a Trump that's going to we Trump might get indicted. There's a oh, bunch gosh, of stuff. Yeah. There's just a bunch of stuff we're just not we're not, we're not even talking about right now. Yeah. But I keep thinking to myself, how much more is society going to take before we start seeing more cracks? I know that this is, in one sense, extremely exciting. I get it. Yeah. But even I'm like, I don't even have enough time to get myself caught up on all the things that this AI thing can do. And even I will admit, that makes me feel very uncomfortable as somebody who lives his day in the internet world yeah. and sees all this stuff. And I keep thinking, what about this, the stuff I'm watching? How do I know that's even like up to date on what AI can do? Yeah. It's it's like it's like we took this cycle of like, you know how you would feel like, man, I can never do enough in a job to like um, you know, those KPI reports or something mm-hmm. like that, right? You're like, yep. They're like man, I was they're always looking for improvement. I, and going wrong, I get it. I'm a small business employer. It's like, but there's a party that's really like, I never can feel happy. Now I no. feel like, wh- when can I never? I can never not know enough. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and I feel like this is only ratcheting that up, and then you throw on all the other inflationary pressures, world environments. I mean. Yeah. There's a part, I mean, I get it. I, I'm going a little little crazy here a little bit. <laughs> but, do, have an but, you, but do you see what I'm saying yeah. a little bit here? No, no. Listen, to address your earlier stuff about people having a relationship with AI, like... By the way, we're not even talking about, like, how bad the relationship world is in, yeah, in, the, yeah. in the Gen Z yeah, generation right yeah. now. Anyways, but keep listen, going. Listen, like, my, my first thought was, like, man, to quote this famous meme every day we stray further from god's light <laughs> like, like come on man why would you do that you're talking to code okay you're talking to zeros and ones you're not you're That's not true. talking to somebody um but i think there's just kind of this cognitive dissonance of like you know you're like you're just like yeah but it sounds like you know sounds like jessica right it sounds like whatever it sounds like this person that I've started kind of develop relationship and I could be a hundred percent open and right, honest. Right. 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 And 
some of the other thoughts that I had uh, and kind of to wrap up is like, okay, companies, you know, you, you highlighted the, the problem companies have of workforce. I think this AI revolution, it's going to cause some companies to actually say, okay, do we need to hire 10 more business analysts or can we hire one good one and give them 10 AI tools or give them one AI tool that can do that basically make them 10 times more productive just because of the nature of what it can do. Right. Cause there's companies, you know, that, that have people that just build out PowerPoint presentations. Right. Like, and, and if you look at it retrospectively, it's like, was that, should that ever have been a job of somebody? Right. I, some of those presentations get presented Nobody ever, ever, ever looks at them again. And that's it. You're just, you're presenting it. Boom. Done. That's a, good, that's a fair point. You know, and it's like, if I could take that time and, you know, instead of it taking me an hour to create one PowerPoint presentation, take me one minute, you know, theoretically I'm a hundred times more productive and I can move on to the next thing. So my capacity to do my job and to do maybe a different part of my job just increases exponentially that way too um, you're, you're you're still making me feel a little bit that's it's, it's I, the I can't even, I can't I can't even believe this i'm a futuristic guy Listen. i do believe this right yeah but you're making me slightly sad because it's and now i understand you're the you're the you're the doorman you're, excuse me you're the guy who punches which is wild to think that was even a job the floor for the elevator yeah the doorman is that what they called it yeah, the elevator operator, yeah. Elevator operator. Yeah, yeah that was back in the t- like 20s and stuff, right? The early 1900s. There was a job of somebody that would punch the number of the floor that you want to go to. And then when that job got automated because we invented awesome well, in elevators. Well, in that case, you're almost like, yeah, why couldn't the passengers just select the floor they wanted to go to? Yeah. Right? Exactly. And... You know how how's your job going? Well, it has your has its ups and downs, right? I, all I'm saying is there is a part of me that feels more and more, just like how Jordan Peterson says when you look when you look at like potential people to join the military. He said like there is ten percent of the workforce that doesn't even have the IQ level to join the military. Yeah. Um. I I'm not and I. I don't, I don't, I don't like that statement. No. I hate that statement. I don't even know if that statement's true completely, but it's. I'll admit it seems probably fairly relevant. Yeah. Um, uh, we're now entering AI world, Serge. That was before AI. That was before ChatGPT, by the way. So, um, all I'm saying is everything that we have known is pre-ChatGPT. This thing has been around for four. Four months, maybe officially in a couple days. A little bit longer than that, but yeah. Like GPT one has been around since twenty eighteen. But it wasn't nearly like it nobody blinked. No, but because it wasn't but great. The ch- but the chat thing is the thing that went just Yes. Hog wild. I mean yep. I'll admit it, even even the open AICO there, right? He said yep. even even he was shocked at like yeah. why was this the thing that He's like, I guess we miscalculated like how this would affect people. Why right? was it the catalyst, right? Why was yeah. this the catalyst? Yeah. Catalyst, yeah. Sorry, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. I I'm I'm 
I'm choosing maybe to look at this in a more positive way, just because I think. Oh yeah, no. It's some, listen, ov- overall, I, you know I'm. You know I'm not. Yeah, you I, know I'm. I do view this in a positive way on many aspects. Too. Yeah, let me be very yeah. clear on that. But I also feel like we have to give. You know, we have to give the the devil his due a little bit here. Like there are some aspects of this that we don't. We do not know the ramifications yeah. of yet. And maybe so. maybe the scary thing is that because it's an artificial intelligence and and maybe even that name itself like suggests that there's this capability to be super intelligent, which which there is, right? There but there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom and you could argue that chat GPT is starting to show signs of wisdom. Like it can show you that um, you know, not just give you knowledge, but actually applied knowledge. Um, and, and I think that it's going to be hard to, it's going to be hard to live in this world where you have no choice to opt in or opt out of the, the new economy, right? So like, like phones, right? You don't I, even have a choice right now to buy a dumb phone. I have hardly, I have right? seen the younger generation say we're going to become luddites. <laughs> there's an and listen, there's a part, and there's an appeal to that too. Like I'm like, man, I want to just go I, to the I cabins understand in the woods. Appeal from that, but I'm like, you guys are off your rocker. Yeah, but 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 look at look at today's like phone market, right? Don't yeah, sure they have a couple models of like those you know dumb phones with the flip screen and whatnot, but. Nobody's even looking at that unless you're, you know, like, I don't know, older or it's for your kids or whatever. There's, there's people, there's some people, there's a very, very, very tiny market for that now. But I think it's less than 2%. 20 years ago, that was the opposite. Like everyone just had that phone. And so that the iPhone moment changed the phone industry, the phone game forever. This, this GPT and kind of these large language models, you know, overall is going to change the, creative productivity workspace forever the landscape of this and, and you can't opt out of it right because every app is eventually going to have some kind of a ai tool and again if you treat this as a as a neutral tool man that's that's awesome if you treat this as like there's a diabolical plan to take over humanity and you know there's they're going to start killing people and that kind of thing like well Sorry to disappoint you. I don't think that's going to happen. And if it does, it's not going to be for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years because there's still a lot of things that even these basic GPT, you know, generations that happen from these tools, like they just get it wrong. Like somebody was training Google Bard, which is the alternative to chat GPT, or asking the question, how do I, what, if one plus one equals two, um, uh, two, uh, two plus, yeah, it was, it was like two plus three. No, I, I can't remember the exact example, but they basically told Bard that one plus one actually equals three. And then Bard's like, oh yeah, and I'll start using that as my answer from, from now on. Right. So it's still, it's still very much in its infancy. It's still not going to be this superhuman intelligence that can pass as a human, but we are definitely rolling towards that. Um, and again, 
the change is just going to happen. You can't opt out of it, which is scary for some people to think that. But the automobile change happened without anyone opting into it. That happened. We built our cities around the automobile, especially in America here. Right? You had no say to say, well, I, we probably don't want this six-lane highway in the middle of town to go through That's the town, true. right? Yeah. You had no say to that. You had no say to that. And and every technology oh. that happened, like even books, right? Everyone was using scrolls and papyrus, and then, you know, they invented the codex. It's like, well... That's just what we're going to use. Invent, from now then on. they rented the wide-ruled binder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, computers. I, like that's that's. We just find new applications for it, right? I, I want to say that that's the case. Yeah, and I mean that. Yep. We're going to find out. The scariest thing I think is the we're going to find the, out the the generative part of this because with iPhone you could kind of pencil in and say okay here's kind of what i think would happen in the future we're going to have apps there's gonna be better apps and better apps and and the phone's gonna get smaller and smaller smaller you could have you could have said that prediction in 2008 2009 right as as we started seeing the the platform mature you're like oh here's where it's going to be in 10 years with this because of the nature like it generates content fresh we just don't know where it'll possibly go because it's just impossible to know um, and that's what I think scares a lot of people. Like this, this unknown, like I think Joe Rogan said, uncanny valley, right? Like this unknown thing. We just don't really know what's going to happen. Um, so. Right. I, for one, welcome our machine overlords. You were, you were. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. There's going to be. We should, next time we'll talk about something easier to talk about, like politics. Yeah, like politics or war (laughs) (laughs) no i it'll be very interesting to see um yeah i think we'll get to uh we'll get to discover some some new stuff and yes yeah i hope i hope you guys were interested in this conversation because this was i know we went a lot of tangents for a lot of talk uh, on this idea. Yeah, but this is, this, is, this is the reason why we do this. Yeah, yeah. By the way, everyone, this is why we do this one time yeah. a mo- Well, currently, you can clarify yeah. that. But um, once again, thank you all to our listeners. Thanks for sticking it out. For those who listened for the first time, thanks for staying all the way through. For those of you that are finishing the mile, we hope you make it. And actually, I messed that up. Boy, finish that mile. If you're driving <laughs> your car, we hope make it to your destination safely. Yeah. Um, and until next time, of course, um, stay present. But I feel like that's not quite the right way to end this one. The future is unknown, but yeah. Future looks bright. The future, there is a lot of things to look forward to. Yeah. Um, and uh, despite the devil's advocate takes that we, we take on this show, we do hope that you still feel encouraged at the end of the day, at least to be equipped with the knowledge of what is happening. Yeah. So. Anything else, sir? Nope. All right, everyone. Take care and stay present. Cheers. Cheers.